This is MindSpeak. Everything you thought you knew about health is about to be turned on its head. I'm Holly Higgins, a nutritional therapy practitioner, and I'm here to show you how your mind can heal your body, your body can heal your mind, and no matter what you've been told, you are in the driver's seat of your life. Let's go. Well, hello. I have a random question for you. Do you remember reading Rainbow on PBS? I'm dating myself. I grew up watching Reading Rainbow and Bill Nye the Science Guy. And I remember PBS would have their fundraising drives and I would be so pissed. Like, just let me watch my cartoons already, PBS. And in my brain, that's how I imagine you feel about me asking for podcast reviews. Like, you just want to watch the cartoon and I'm asking for podcast reviews. But I'm going to ask for them anyway, because if Reading Rainbow can ask you to call a hotline, then I'm going to ask you to log on to Apple and leave me a review until I hit this season's goals of 100 reviews. And I have to give a shout out to my people who have already done this. You guys are like the gold pledge level. (laughs) I need to send you a basket of fruit. Instead, I'm going to send you my love and appreciation. So I have to give a shout out to Sarah. Hello, Sarah. Sarah says, Tuesday is now my favorite day of the week. I know when I start my day, I get to listen, learn, and laugh with Holly. She doesn't preach or lecture. She's that down-to-earth friend that shares what she has experienced and learned and isn't afraid to say she is still a student in life. Uh-uh. I appreciate her well-rounded and honest approach to mental and physical health and her ability to convey her message with honest vulnerability. The fact that she can work in her stoner-in-the-basement voice, poop jokes, and occasional swearing reaffirms that she is my people every week. Thank you, Sarah. You are most definitely my people. Much love to you. Also, a new one in from Mowoho. That's the screen name. I don't know if they're actually named Mowoho. Either way, Mowoho says, learn to make your mind work for you. I love this podcast. Consistently great. I have a big takeaway with each episode. Highly recommended. Thank you, Mowoho. And finally, from Ashley... Ashley says, this is how much I love Holly. I have tried over and over to leave a review, but to no avail. So I got on my computer, downloaded iTunes on my Windows computer, signed up for an Apple account and gave them my credit card information, even though I do not have any Apple products, just so I could tell you guys that Holly is the best. She's helped me so much more in less than a year. Then any traditional therapy has helped me in my entire life just from the free content she supplies to the public via Instagram, her website, and this podcast. Hope to be just like her when I grow up, though I could very well be older than her. I've never asked. Thank you for everything, Holly. And thank you for that amazing review, Ashley, and for jumping through hoops of fire. That review brought me to tears. Actually, all of these did. Um, I just want to thank you guys so much and encourage you. If you haven't left a review, if you haven't left stars or a review, now is the time. And when I hit that goal of 100 reviews, we can go back to our regularly scheduled programming for a while, you know, until we hit the fall fundraising drive. (laughs) And speaking of 
Ashley says she doesn't know how old I am. I'm not telling you how old, how old I am. I'm in my 30s. I have this really weird thing about people knowing my age, but I'm in my 30s and I grew up watching PBS. Those are your clues. You can figure it out from there. <laughs> On to today's episode. I want to talk about when you're healing and they're hating because I think this is one of the most difficult parts of any healing journey. Healing and growth require us to change and to become a different version of ourselves, to let go of old habits, to embrace new ones. And often we change at really deep levels and we have those existential crisis moments where we wake up and say, who am I? I don't even know who I am anymore. Or as the talking heads say, this is not my beautiful house. This is not my beautiful life, my beautiful wife. My God, what have I done? See, I really confuse people about my age because I can reference Chameleonaire and the talking heads within the span of 10 seconds. Anyway, you might be super stoked about your change and your growth and feeling really good about yourself and excited about your future and your possibilities. But if it hasn't happened yet, at least one person is going to come along and take a giant crap on it. And this crap looks something like, wow, you've changed. You're really not going to eat any of this? You're really not going to go to the bar with me? You're no fun. Or it might look like a cell phone that stops ringing or dinging. It might seem like your people are slowly or abruptly leaving your life. And the ouchiest thing of all is that it's the worst with people who are closest to us, family, friends, co-workers. They are used to us being one version of ourselves, and when we start honoring ourselves and showing up as a new version of ourselves, that might feel really great for us, but it often makes the people around us very, very uncomfortable. Ask me how I know. And this is why so many people turn their cars around and give up on their growth is because disapproval and rejection and snide, underhanded, snarky, passive-aggressive comments feel like death. To the survival part of your brain, these things literally feel like death and danger because we're hardwired for community and acceptance and tribe And that is a super important part of the human experience. And so when we do things that create the illusion that we're going to be alone or abandoned or left behind, our brain freaks the F out and tells us whatever we're doing is a horrible, no good, very bad idea and we should stop doing it and go back to how things were. Because nobody was talking smack before. When you were miserable, everybody was happy. But dare you create a better, more aligned life for yourself, and people around you might start raising their eyebrows or opening their mouths and saying really crappy things. This is the crabs in the bucket phenomenon. Do you know about crabs in a bucket and how they behave? If you put a bunch of crabs in a bucket... They will pretend to support their fellow crabs, and the crabs will climb on top of each other, and the crabs will be like, 
We're all going to escape this stupid bucket together. Let me give you a leg up, brother. But then the minute that one of the crabs reaches the top of the bucket and tries to climb over, the other crabs inevitably pull him back down. Essentially, the crabs would rather hang out at the pub and talk about the promised land than to see someone actually reach the promised land and potentially leave them behind. Kind of like how people tend to hang out at happy hour and talk about how they want to change and how they should change, but everyone there has this unspoken agreement that nothing is actually going to change. Because if things did change, that would disrupt the ecosystem of friendship, family, community, and the roles that we play for each other. And if humans hate anything, it's uncertainty. Better to be certain and miserable than uncertain, right? Because being uncertain feels like you're riding a roller coaster naked with a blindfold. But I'm here to tell you that if you ride the roller coaster of uncertainty long enough, you will start to like it. You will like it. <laughs> and it's way more fun than eating popcorn at the pub with people who say they're your friends, but deep down, you know they're really not. Okay, crabs and roller coasters analogies aside, I want to honor that this phase of healing really sucks. It's lonely and it's scary and it requires that we make brave, fundamental changes and create boundaries and sometimes cut people out of our lives and have hard conversations and it is all kinds of terrifying. There is the other side of the crab bucket, the promised land, where you call in new people who are more aligned with your true self and you see the rewards for all the hard work and healing you've done and life truly does get easier, and there are giant payoffs, and you can finally breathe, and it's amazing. But sometimes it can take some time to crawl out of the bucket and reach that phase, and most of the time, you've got to spend some time in limbo. And limbo sucks. Limbo is where your old story is crumbling, but your new story hasn't begun, and you're walking around in this terrifying, healing no-man's land, and your brain is usually screaming at you to just go back to your old ways. Here are some things that my brain said to me in limbo that your brain might say to you, too. Just go back to eating whatever you want, even though you were miserable and you had all these symptoms. At least no one made fun of you at restaurants and parties. Just go back to putting everything on a credit card. It sucks not going out. It sucks being left out of the fun. You can't really do a budget. You're not good at math. You'll never be out of debt anyway, so what's the point? Carol said half of all new businesses fail within the first year. Carol's right. It's probably better for you to stay in corporate. It's really not that bad. Tell me lies, tell me sweet little lies. How many songs can I fit into this podcast? Anyway, this limbo point is where you either believe, believe, did I just say believe? I said believe. This limbo point 
is either where you believe all the shitty things your brain is telling you or you believe your soul. This is the point where so many people turn the car around because the drive gets really uncomfortable at this point. By the way, here is a really good litmus test for whether you should listen to criticism or naysaying from anybody. Ask yourself, does this person who is criticizing you or undermining your dreams have a life you want? Would you be willing to trade lives with them? If no, they don't get a say in your life. Unless you really look up to them and genuinely value their opinion and truly admire a core part of who they are, you can choose to be bulletproof from their crap. Only take advice from people you are willing to trade lives with. As Stephen Pressfield says, when we see others beginning to live their authentic selves, it drives us crazy if we have not lived our own. Individuals who are realized in their own lives almost never criticize others. Just take a moment and let that sink in. Okay, this limbo point where your old story is crumbling but your new story hasn't quite started is what Charles Eisenstein calls the space between stories. And I encountered this concept when I was in one of my many, one of my many own spaces between stories. And it was so, so comforting for me and it continues to be comforting for me. I found out about Charles's work originally through Dr. Lisa Rankin. And she referenced his work in a blog post, and she said, maybe you're in that space right now, the space between stories, where you feel lost, ungrounded, dislocated, like your roots have been pulled up and you're not quite sure where to land. Everything you thought you knew about yourself and the world is in question. And I remember the first time I read this, I was like, that's me. Oh, my God, that's me. I felt like I was walking down a long hallway and there were a bunch of rooms that I could walk into, but it wasn't my time to walk into them. Or like I was on an elevator, but the elevator was between floors and I was really, really worried about the elevator getting stuck. This is sacred limbo. And Charles says the challenge in our culture is to allow yourself to be in that space, to trust that the next story will emerge when the time in between has ended and that you will recognize it, which essentially means leap and trust that the net will appear and that the net will appear at the right time. But oh my gosh, that is so easier said than done, and we want to fast forward, and we want to get to the big juicy reveal, and we want it to happen now. And if you are in the space between stories right now, this space can happen many times. This space has happened to me several times. Like I said, I think this space is happening to me right now a little bit. If you're in this space where some old part of you is ending and there's a new part beginning, but it feels messy and uncertain and new and vulnerable, I just want to send you a giant hug. 
I know how scary it is. Keep climbing out of the bucket. You can step on anybody's head. You can step on the crab's head. Just just keep climbing out of the bucket. <laughs> keep walking down that hallway. Keep riding that elevator. Keep driving that car. Keep going. A new version, a new story, a new reality is on the other side. You're just in the messy middle, and that's okay. When we initially approach a big change to our health, our careers, our finances, our relationships, we go through that first phase, that very first phase, where it's fun and exciting and alluring and daydreamy, and we're just thinking about all the possibility and how amazing it's going to be. And then we hit this phase, and we totally get our asses kicked. This phase, this space between stories, is where you keep going. Because true change, lasting change, lifestyle change, as we like to call it, requires shifting at the identity level. Hear this. True change requires shifting at the identity level. If you take one thing away from today's podcast, take this. Or maybe the space between stories. I can't decide. (laughs) You decide. (laughs) When you shift at the identity level, it's no longer about what you do or don't do. It's about who you are. If someone smokes, did you know I used to smoke? I used to be a smoker. Anyway, if someone smokes, they're a smoker. And there's a whole world and a whole language that goes along with that. Smoke breaks, having friends that smoke, the routine of smoking, the ritual of smoking, being a person that smokes, having the ability to connect with other people who smoke. It's not just about the act of smoking a cigarette. It is the whole world, the whole universe that goes along with being a smoker, the identity and the perks that come with being a smoker. And then if somebody stops smoking, it seems at first as though they are giving up the habit. But in order to cross that threshold from smoker to non-smoker to truly become a non-smoker, they're actually leaving behind the world of smoking, the identity of smoking. They're leaving behind rituals, routines, conversations, connections, They are leaving behind the old world and stepping into a new one. And when you think about it that way, or when that realization hits you, oh, I'm not just changing a habit. If I really want to change this habit, I actually have to change who I am. It's a little terrifying. It's a little intimidating, isn't it? Because this doesn't just happen with smoking. This happens for nearly any change you're embracing. What will people think? What will people say? Will I still fit in? Will things be the same? Who am I without this thing? It's not about the habit. It's about who you have to become to leave that habit behind. It's about who you have to become to step into the version of yourself that your soul knows is possible. It will require you to change not just what you do, but who you are. 
but I know you can do it. I'm going to leave you with one final quote that really helped me in one of my spaces between stories. Be your real self so the universe can find you. Danielle Laporte. I actually had this as a screensaver on my work computer back in the day, and I remember one of my coworkers making fun of it. F you, coworker from the past. How you like me now? <laughs> and here's a journal entry I made about that quote in 2016. I said, be your real self so the universe can find you. Hiding parts of myself to keep other people comfortable is one of the most toxic things I've ever done to myself. And let's be honest, I still do, but not nearly as much as I used to. It also kept me from making the connections and having the experiences I so desperately wanted to have. Show up as you. Otherwise, the universe won't know your address and all of your mail will feel like it belongs to someone else. If we go out in the world and we're afraid to be our true selves, if we're afraid to expose certain parts of ourselves, and then we walk around feeling like, why am I so lonely? Why don't I fit in? Why doesn't anybody get me? Why doesn't anybody understand me? Why can't I have true connection with anybody? It's because you're not putting yourself out there fully. You're not showing your true colors so is, so how is anybody supposed to recognize your colors? If you like periwinkle, fuchsia, magenta, neon, raven, <laughs> let's just pretend that's a Crayola color, but you're only willing to show your mauve and you're like, where are all my periwinkle, fuchsia, magenta, neon, raven friends at? You better start showing your colors. Crayola the F up. There you go. That's your takeaway for the week. Crayola up, bitches. <laughs> In closing, be yourself. Be willing to be misunderstood. Be willing to hang out in the uncomfortable elevator of the space between stories. There's a new story coming soon, and your new people are waiting for you but you have to stay on the elevator for a little while. It's not going to get stuck, I promise. You have to stay in your car. You have to keep driving. You have to, you know, keep going. That's all I've got for you this week. Come hang out with me on Instagram at Holly Fisher Higgins. I think I'm out of the Mercury Retrograde cave. Maybe. <laughs> not going to make any promises. We'll see. And until next week, Go believe in you. I do.